Sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in Good morning children It is, what time is it? 5.30, September 2nd I'm just, just finished doing a little bit of paperwork at the office And uh Drive around drinking some coffee. I have an open mug of coffee on my on my seat. My dad would drive around with an open mug of coffee, just to, just to just slosh around. He would almost never spill it. That was like his thing. It reminds me of him. <clears throat> A lot's been going on. I don't know how do I update you guys going on in our lives. School year just started. Just finished week two. I'm <coughs> <coughs> getting over a uh, little cold, so there'll be a little bit more coughing this time. I'm, uh, <coughs> gosh, uh, what are we doing? The namesake is in soccer. The spy wants to be in so- soccer, so I'm going to try and get him signed up. Blows is starting, and we're trying to figure something out for the entrepreneur to do. We really need you to do something. You're really not interested, and we don't want to push stuff on you, but I think we got you some singing lessons. So we'll see if you like that. I don't know. You, uh, let's see. Uh, the last couple days, the entrepreneur has been actually texting me while in class saying you don't feel good and I <laughs> I showed up to um, her, your school I said hey you know my daughter texted me she's not feeling well and they're like why is she texting you in class I'm like ugh I don't know I didn't even think of it um, frankly I'm glad you're texting me that you're not feeling well so anyways you texted me I said I'll come get you and so I got you and Really, you have a cold, and you're coughing stuff up, and, and it's freaking you out, because you have to, like, really cough hard, and this is, like, the first time you've really had something like this. <clears throat> Gosh, my voice. And so I, I took you, uh, to the doctor that day, and I, we just hung out in my office. I don't know if you'll remember that. And then after that, we, uh, we, uh, went home, and it was nice. It was a fun day yesterday, or the day before. And then today, <clears throat> excuse me, that was Wednesday. Thursday, the office called me. You went to the office and said, oh, you have all this coughing stuff. And Because of COVID, if any kid has any type of symptom, they have to leave the school. They got to be tested. They have to leave at least two days. And I'm noticing the other children, as well as the entrepreneur, have been really trying to take advantage of that. Oh, my, my throat hurts. And then they automatically, you automatically know, oh, we gotta keep, take out of school for two days. But me and your mom can't afford to miss work like that. 
so anyways, we come in, and, uh, I, I, uh, like 10 or 15 minutes later, after they call me, I'm picking you up, and I go to you, and I, I guess I was making a joke, I know I was making a joke, but I, he said, baby, are you calling me because I'm the weaker parent, and you knew I would show up and take you home? <coughs> the office staff thought that was hilarious. I kind of meant it, though. I, I am the much weaker parent. Your mom is tough. I'm tough on you guys different ways, but... When it comes to this kind of thing, your mom, I think, is a little bit tougher on you. In some ways, I'm, I'm tougher on you for you guys to, like, stand up and do things more independently. Like, on the second or third day of school, we walk in the namesake to his middle school, and I kind of push him to walk ahead of us and then cross the crosswalk to go to school. And your mom's like, oh, you're really pushing him to be independent. And I didn't even think twice about it. But I, I wanted you to just walk ahead of us because eventually you're going to be walking there and back alone. So in different ways, we're tough. In different, you know, different aspects of parenting. So... Today is the first, the day one of like a four-day Labor Day weekend. We're uh, we're going. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do today. Uh, I think I think I want you guys to sleep in. Really don't need you guys to wake up early. We can uh, we have to clean a lot today. I want to clean a lot today, so we have to clean on Saturday. Saturdays are just full of cleaning, and since there's no soccer on Saturday, I, I really want to just relax and do nothing. This coffee's good. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm looking at a beautiful El Camino driving by. It's a 63. Oh, it's gorgeous. I used to have an El Camino. I actually had two. My dad had a 78, I had a 77, and an 84. I, I don't know why, but for a while we, we had three El Caminos. And if you don't know what that is, kids, it's a truck that was manufactured from 1960-something to 1988. It was not a... It was like a car truck, in a way. Alright. So I'm going to... Let me just park for a second. So I'm still drinking coffee. Yeah, so last time I came here, someone paid for my meal. It was really nice. Or my, my, my drink. It was really sweet of that person. Okay. All right. Oh, gosh. I have court, like, at 9.30... Stretching. Uh, just, uh, blow my nose real quick. <clears throat> Sorry, I just, I'm just not gonna stop it. just go to the Navy base to read this. Maybe overlooking the water. 
Friday, so your mom and I are going to have a date night. Let me tell you something. When you guys get older and you start having kids, you need to demand for me and your mom a date night with you and your spouse. It's imperative. That's why we're, your mom and I are still together <clears throat> to this day. Is your grandpa, who you've affectionately called Tall Grandpa, he comes over and he just watches the kids. And he does it so lovingly. So lovingly. And and we're going to do that for you. And if I don't, if I don't do that regularly, on a regular basis, I want you to call me out. I want you to say, hey, Tall Grandpa watched us when you and Mom could go out and do stuff and be alone. So you need to do that for us. <clears throat> and chances are we'll probably do it anyways. We'll probably fight over, over all that, but... It's nice to drink coffee. Your mom doesn't like the smell or the taste, and it's just nice to. It's nice to drink it. After court today, we'll all look at my bees and extract some more honey, and uh, and then what? I don't know. Just hang out. I love being with you kids. I really do. You guys are amazing. Been praying for a lot of you for different reasons. And I've been actually asking you guys to pray for each other for different reasons. Lately, it's just been breaking my heart that the the king doesn't have a lot of close friends in school. <clears throat> and it's just sad. You wear your heart on your sleeve, man. You are... I can already tell. You're, you're going to be this amazing man one day. Just... This amazing, passionate human. And the fact that you don't have a lot of close friends just makes me sad. And you mention it once in a while, and it just breaks my heart. It just really breaks my heart. And I just pray that you, you find some really close friends soon. And then realize that, you know, fourth grade, not a lot of people have really close friends in fourth grade. It's usually manufactured through sports. So I just, that's why we put you in, in Cub Scouts, which you're now in Weeblos now, which is like the the part before Boy Scouts. You have to do that for a couple of years or 18 months. Or, I don't know what it is. It's something. And <clears throat> I'm trying to get you interested in that. And I, uh, just praying that you, you find some good friends and be comfortable in whatever friends you've got. Because... You know, I've substitute taught a lot. I, I've seen, I see you play a lot with a bunch of kids. I just wish you would feel a connection to some of them. I don't think you do. And lately, oh, you, you've been helping me with food. You go, go up to me, and, and you're so sweet when I'm making food. Like last night I made chicken cacciatore, and you're like, Dad, can I help? And what, what nine-year-old does that? What nine-year-old boy, you know? And uh, you do. It was great. I had so much fun, and we're, we're watching this movie called Argo, which really isn't that appropriate for a nine-year-old, but I'll just explain to you the Iranian hostage crisis, which happened around the time me and your mom were born, and it lasted up until we were, like, almost two, and once I explained that to you, you got really bored, and, you know, rightly so. Uh, the Iranian hostage crisis should not 
interest a nine-year-old. And if, and if it did interest you, I, I think I would have called your mom and said, listen, we need to get him tested. There's something wrong. He's interested in news. But, but then you ran off and played with your brothers, and, and it, was, it was nice. It was a nice, it was a nice night. I made focaccia bread for the first time. And your mom's like, do, do you make, do you know how to make this? And I was like, yeah, I know how to make it. Um, I don't. I mean, it, it came out great. FYI. But I had never made focaccia before. I've, I've seen people make it, so. But it was a really nice night last night. And, uh, you know, I pray for our oldest, you know, with academics heating up. Same with, my, you know, the namesake. You know, sixth grade, man, it's no joke. It's when you start getting letter grades. It's it's no longer um, like a pass-fail thing. It's like, you know, here's how you rate. And we just did back-to-school night with you guys. And, and they have something called the wheel at, at the namesakes middle school. They, they have another name for it. But basically, you sample different classes. And they're language classes and art and engineering and uh, drama and stuff like that. And the first class the namesake has is Spanish for like the next, you know, I think six weeks. And it's boring to you because of everything about our family. It's boring to you. You told us that it's like preschool. And we keep telling you, tell the teacher that you lived in Mexico. She'd be so interested. Tell her that you're actually fluent. You understand what she's saying and and you're so shy. And, uh... (laughs) And so during back to school night, your mom stayed back on the Zoom chat with the teacher and explained all that to her in Spanish. I think I'm almost done this coffee. Hang on a second. All right. So I, I, I forgot to ask you how that went. All right, I'm going to get this drive through. So I got a pizza card. I'm going to get a vanilla. Latte. Let's try that. I think I tried it last time. It was good. Hang on one second. God bless the people that work here this early, you know. Well, Oh, can I get a large vanilla latte? A large vanilla latte? Yes, ma'am. Yes. No, thank you. Okay. All right. I street sweeper gone by. I pulled way too ahead. I pulled like five feet past the speaker thing. And uh, I had to yell a little bit. Because your dad is not bright. This poor woman working her butt off inside. She's the only one here. God bless her. My grandma would say that, my mom's mom. She would say, oh, God bless you. And I don't fully think she really know what it meant. Uh, Sorry. Dead air. (laughs) I've explained that to you guys, right? That dead air phrase from one of my favorite TV shows. 
they try and start a podcast, and one of the characters, they don't know what to say, and it's like silent. And one of the characters says, Dead air. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, in case you were wondering. It's the best TV show, best sitcom ever created. And I will fight anyone that disagrees. That's interesting. Maybe we should talk, I should tell you guys like some of my favorite things. You know? That's what I'm going to do. And then we'll finish Second Kings. Move on. Isn't Chronicles is next? Favorite things. Um, favorite sitcoms. Like situational comedy. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Hands down. There's, there's, no, there's no question. There's no debate. A... Good, how you doing? Thank you so much. Thank you, have a great day. Alright. So, favorite sitcom of all time is, is that one. Some runners-ups, or some honorable mentions, I would say are um, <clears throat> Parks and Rec. It's a pretty funny show. I, I never really got into The Office. Everyone says it's a classic. I disagree. It's a lot of awkward comedy where an uh, incompetent boss is just kind of mean to people. And then... So I don't want to get too much of it. Favorite, favorite dramatic television show. Which is also one of the funniest shows also. So you know it's a good drama. Favorite dramatic television show is The West Wing. It is probably the best writing. It's like a masterclass in writing. Uh, it's, it's just it's a brilliant show. I love it. So if you ever get bored, you really want to know, your old man, I would I watched that the entire series about ten times. Not a season. There's like seven or seven seasons. I watched them eight times or uh, ten times at least. There's like 24 episodes of the season, an hour per episode. I would just have it on loop for years. Um, favorite limited series? I would say Band of Brothers. It's a show about uh, this, I think, 101st Airborne. Paratroopers during World War II. It's based on true stories. Or true stories. I get one of my fav- favorite quotes from that about leadership. And uh, there, there's a character in the show. He's, he's a real person, by the way. He was their leader. He trained them. <clears throat> he was like their drill instructor in a way. Training them to become paratroopers. And... During one of the training exercises, this leader could not come up with a decision. And one of the the quote from one of the characters was, he wasn't, he was a bad leader, not because he made bad decisions, but because he made no decisions. And and that just, that struck a chord in me, it like changed, it almost changed my DNA. You know, when you're, you're gonna, you guys are gonna be leading a lot of things, especially you boys, you're gonna be leading households as the pastors of the house. And I would submit 
to you that as le- as leaders, we have final say in a lot of things. Of course, with consultation of our spouses, and what in 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 wherever you are in your life, whether that be work, maybe ministry, who knows? But as leaders, God calls upon us to make decisions. So. If you're indecisive about something, that's probably worse than being decisive. Be decisive, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. Admit you're wrong. There's no better leader in the world that says, you know what, I I did this. At the time, it seemed right, based on all the information, and I was wrong. And, you know, I'll do better. There's a... All that says to me is integrity. So, Band of Brothers is a great show. trying to think. What am I watching now? I'm really not watching a lot. I like have stuff in the background. Like I'll watch a TV show called The Great British Baking Show, which is about these amateur bakers in England who compete against each other. I'm sure it won't be around by the time you guys are my age. That's a great show. That's where I got the, um, that's where I, um, got the recipe for the focaccia. So those are like my favorite TV shows. I'll, I'll probably think of more. It was great coffee. Pretty sweet. It was great. called Kids in the Hall growing up. My dad wouldn't let me watch it because some of the time it was like a sketch comedy show. Some of the times the characters who were all male would dress up as as females. My dad didn't like that at all. He's like, well, still funny. Growing up, I'd watch the TV show Cheers. And after Cheers was this show called MASH, which was about the Korean War. My dad, who was in the Vietnam War, called that TV show, uh, I'm not going to say what he called it, because this is a Christian podcast, but uh, there was some profanity in his description having to do with um, bull excrement. for today. I love days where I'm just with you guys, you know? We're like, we could do whatever we want. I mean, I'm gonna beat down your throats a little bit to do some work, but I just, I love, I just love being with you kids. It's energizing. It's not energizing when your mom's around, I think, because your mom holds us more to the fire a little bit. I probably shouldn't explain that to her, but (coughs) when you guys start having kids, you'll realize it's, it can be much more relaxing when it's just you and all the kids. That's why I would take all of you kids, I would take all four of you when you're really young everywhere. 
it would be like a badger critch. So I've been at the stoplight for a while. So, okay, there we go, finally. I would love doing that. Now we're at the old Navy base. <sighs> place is so weird in a way. All these new buildings and all these abandoned Navy buildings. It's an odd... Oh, I came with... Uh, diaspora. That's a word. Occasionally I come up with good words. I like to tell your mom when I have a huge lexicon. She just rolls her eyes. And rightly so. Fishing up Second Kings. Then we're going into Chronicles. I have a bunch of episodes that I just haven't posted yet. It's like three or four. I think this is the fourth one I just haven't posted. And so I think I'm going to, um, today, sometime, I'm going to have to post it. Just got a book called The Pilgrim's Promise, which is, I think, an allegorical book about the journey of being a Christian. It's by a guy named John Bunyan. And I'm, I'm excited to read it. Thinking about, I mean, I'm, I'm already thinking about all the other books I want to read to you guys, that might be that might be one of them. Charles Spurgeon, who is one of the nineteenth, uh, I think it was the nineteenth century, uh, maybe the twentieth century, um, best theologians. He said he he claimed to have read it hundreds of times. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to read it once or twice, not hundreds. I think I'll. We're done with the Bible. We'll do the creeds, the confessions. Oh. And then I think we'll do Pilgrim's Promise. I don't know. As I was picking the entrepreneur up yesterday, she apologized profusely. I mean, you did. I was like, stop apologizing. If you're not feeling well, just come on home and I was excited for you to come home because your room was so filthy. I, um, you got to clean your room. It was great. And, uh, the key thing is knock around. It's bothering me. I just completely lost my train of thought because my key is knock around the little key fob for this car. Oh, so. You had to get your bicycle because I drove you to school with, with the bicycle in the back of my truck with the intention of you riding your bike home. That didn't really work out. But I said, you got to go get your bike and then meet me in front. And, she, and you're like, okay. But it took you a while and I, I didn't care. But I mean, I'm just sitting at my truck. And we finally put your bike in the back of the truck and, and you're like, I'm so sorry you had to wait for me. So You had to wait so long, Dad. I'm so sorry. And, like, you're so sensitive about me waiting. I don't know why. Maybe I, I must have scarred you guys somehow about waiting. Well, anyways, I said something to you, and you kind of gave a funny look. And you're like, and you couldn't believe it. 
I said, I said, baby, I waited for you for 30 years. I can wait 15 minutes for you to get a bike out. And that, I hope you still remember that. I really, I really did wait for your children for three decades. I, I, you learn what you see, and I, as soon as my sister starting, started having kids, I really wanted that. I don't know if there's a car following me or not, but I'm going to do a U-turn right here. What the hell is this guy's doing? Do another U-turn. Why the guy? I guess that guy wasn't following me. Oh well. Now I look like a moron. So yeah, I, um... Waited 30 years for you guys. Just find a place to park. airplane hangars, they're completely abandoned. It's just, it's a wild sight. Just wild. I'm gonna pull in here. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's a sail drone. for a second. I need to see, like, where did I... Hang on. Um, let me pause it for a second. Okay, so we're back. Sorry. Sorry for the kerfuffle. Here we go. Um, and, like, right... When I stopped, I should have just blowed my nose. So, like, hang on. Alright. Second Kings. Chapter 21. <clears throat> Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the despicable practices of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. 
for he built the high places that Hezekiah's father had destroyed. And he erected altars for Baal and made an Asherah, as Ahab king of Israel had done, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem will I put my name. And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he burned his son as an offering, and used fortune-telling and omens, and dealt with mediums and with necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. <clears throat> and the carved image of Asherah that he had made, he set in the house of which the Lord said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not cause the feet of Israel to wander any more out of the land that I gave to their fathers, if only they will be careful to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all of the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they did not listen, and Manasseh led them astray to do more evil than the nations had done whom the Lord destroyed before the people of Israel. And the Lord said to his servants, the prophets, because Manasseh, king of Judah, has committed these abominations and has done things more evil than all the Amorites did who were before him and has made Judah able to sin also to sin with his idols. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I'm bringing upon Jerusalem and Judah such disaster that the ears of everyone who hears of it will tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plumb line of the house of Ahab. And I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish wiping it and turning it upside down. And I will forsake the remnant of my heritage and give them into the hand of the enemies. And they shall become a prey and a spoil to all their enemies, because they have done what is evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another, Beside the sin that he made Judah to sin, so that they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, and all that he did, and the sin that he committed, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Manasseh slept with his fathers, and was buried in the garden of his house, in the garden of Uzzah, and Amon his son reigned in his place. Amon was twenty-two years old when he began his reign, and he re reigned two years in Jerusalem, his mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haraz of Jotba. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and Manasseh, his father, had done. Excuse me, as Manasseh, his father, had done. He walked in all the way in which his father walked and served the idols that his father served and worshipped them. He abandoned the Lord, the God of his fathers, and he did not walk in the way of the Lord. And the servants of Ammon conspired against him and put the king to death in his house. But the people of the land struck down all those who had conspired against King Amon. And the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Amon he did, that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And he was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son reigned in his place. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Chapter 22. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign and he reigned thirty-one years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and walked in all the ways of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left.
In the eighteenth year of King Josiah, the king sent sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, the secretary of the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and he may count the money that has been brought to the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the temple. And let it be given to the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the workmen who are at the house of the Lord repairing the house, that is, to the carpenters, the builders, and the masons, and let them use it for buying timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. <laughs> and Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king, You servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen, who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, had given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes, and the king commanded Hilkiah, the priest, and Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and Akbor, the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan, the secretary, and Asiah, the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book, that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam, and Akbor, and Shaphan, and Asiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, son of Harus, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter. And they talked with her, and she said to them, <clears throat> Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants all the words of the book that the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. And they brought back word to the king. So I'm going to pause there just for a second. And uh, <coughs> let me just see. Um, <clears throat> as soon as he said, get the money, I, I always thought that that was the wrong thing to do. Um, hang on. At this point, I don't know what Josiah is penitent about. Was it about his dad, Manasseh? Was it about taking the money? I'd have to read more. But, but as you notice, God will 
God is such an all-loving God, particularly when you immediately admit you're wrong and and are um, convicted and turn away and repent. And I, you know who does that really well? You all do it really well. You all do, but especially the namesake in our family. Whenever I confront him and say, hey, why'd you do this? You don't run away and say, oh, you know, try and lie about it. You said, you're right, Dad, I'm sorry. And you put your head down and all of my anger just completely melts away immediately. It's like, oh, I just want to hold you and just say, you're such a good boy. Um, all of you, I feel that way. You know, whatever you guys just admit, you're right, Dad, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm not going to do it again, which I'm sure... <laughs> sure you will <laughs> but it that doesn't matter to me the fact that you're just so repentant i just want to put you in my arms and just love on you forever it's such a beautiful thing to see and and i, I couldn't even fathom how god feels what it's like when a sinner is repentant when the and King Josiah says, gather the money and bring it to the workers who are honest. Don't ask for an account because they're honest people. I think about the times a client has brought cash in my office. And they're supposed to bring a certain amount. And I just put it aside and say, thank you. And they say, don't you want to count it? And I just say, I trust you. And I... Overwhelmingly, they've all the clients that have done that, which have been quite a few have said the same thing. They're like, you're really old school, aren't you? It's like, yeah, I trust you. You've given me no reason for me not to. And, you know, that says a lot. You know, a lot of times someone needs a lawyer, it's because they haven't been trusted. And they've done things that were not trustworthy. And so that little thing, uh, that little just gesture of me saying, I don't need to count it. I trust you, sir or ma'am. Um, that does a lot in the long run, but... So I, I couldn't, I'm you know, trying to think, what kind of relationship did King Josiah have with these honest workmen? How, how long did it take these workmen to show King Josiah that they were trustworthy? It's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, setup there. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to get more information on. Let's see. That's chapter 22. Twenty-three is a little, <coughs> a little long. So we're gonna, I think we're gonna hold it there. I've been reading for about, yeah, for about forty minutes. So I'm gonna um, start this back up again. And uh, I'm gonna head home and make something to eat. I don't know, make some food for my children, my wonderfuls. So, I don't know what else to say other than I'm very proud of you guys. And it's not your business to make me happy, but you guys do make me really happy. Just the way you guys are. <sighs> Been up since 4 a.m. It's hard to uh, 
trying to get back to sleep after a while, so and it's been a while since I've read this, so or since I've read anything to you guys. Well, I promise not to work you guys too hard today. I just don't want us to be overwhelmed tomorrow, but anyways. I love you all. I thank God for you. And I've waited for you for so long that any any type of experience I have with you guys is just amazing. Any, um, I don't know what I'm saying. I Just know that any interaction I have with you all, whether it be going out to coffee or just hanging out or watching you guys do homework, anything is a miracle to me. And I love every second of it. Even if I'm not particularly paying attention, I am. I really love it. So, I love you. Hope you guys have a great day. Give each other a call. Say hi. You don't have to call me. Call your mom. Tell her you love her. Tell her you appreciate her. And uh, in everything you do, do it for the kingdom. And the king. God bless. Great.